Hello, Defy Gravity listeners. Juliana Sauber, traditional naturopaths, coming to you today with another topic on health. I think today we'll talk about heavy metals. It is a topic of discussion uh, that comes up in a lot of, uh, of forums and in my sessions with clients and in my own health recovery. And I just want to touch on, uh, I'll call it an introduction to heavy metals for those of you that aren't familiar with them. So there are a broad range of heavy metals that occur in the human body. There are some that we call metals that are naturally occurring and beneficial. So copper is an example in trace amounts is beneficial. Um, they've even identified something like arsenic in trace amounts can be beneficial. Uh, I'll go into more on arsenic. You might be surprised to hear that. Uh, but we are from the soil and we are of the soil. So what occurs in the soil by definition occurs in the human body at some level. However, with our, you know, better living through chemistry and industrial agriculture and uh, our, our heavily processed food uh, provision and packaging, we have introduced heavy metals in uh, far more quantity than um, our bodies can handle. So let's go through a few of those. And again, this is really just introductory. So there are a broad range of heavy metals that are commonly found as problematic in the human body. Uh, a short list might be mercury and aluminum and lead. I'm sure you've heard about those. Cadmium, antimony, nickel, tin, uranium, and arsenic. Now, I'm not going to talk on all of these. I want to narrow this list down so I, you get a feel for uh, what this looks like. So let's start with aluminum. Where does aluminum come from that is in excess in the human body? Here are the primary sources of aluminum. Uh, aluminum cookware uh, and flatware. And I even find uh, aluminum pots still available. Like I'll go to a, a, a garage sale and I'll find cookware available. And there are people still using aluminum pots to cook in. And when you heat them up and you add acidic foods, let's say tomatoes, like if you were to make spaghetti sauce in an aluminum pan, you're going to be transferring aluminum from that pan into your spaghetti sauce. There are hard anodized aluminum cookware that's out there, which in and of itself is fine, except that the anodization process is still in question. And if you happen to scratch the surface, you may get exposed to the aluminum. So I choose not to cook with that particular cookware myself personally. Um, aluminum coffee pots were popular for many, many, many years. Um, so lots of people, you know, heated up their coffee and uh, drank aluminum with their coffee in the morning. Aluminum foil and aluminum foil containers. So we like to, you know, make, um, you know, ribs or our turkeys at Thanksgiving and we cover it in foil. Or you go, you know, you're going to an event and so you buy those foil containers and you cook your food in foil or you wrap your baked potato in aluminum foil. The aluminum is getting transferred into your food from those containers. What I do for my turkey at Thanksgiving is I take parchment paper and I cover my turkey with parchment paper. And then if I want to seal it, I'll put aluminum foil over the top of the parchment paper. That's keeping the aluminum off of my food and away from what I'm going to be eating by separating it with a layer of parchment paper. 
and I avoid cooking in aluminum foil containers and I avoid eating food from an aluminum foil containers as well. Um, it is um, also in vaccinations. So there is aluminum used as what they call an adjuvant in vaccinations. And usually the adjuvant levels in vaccinations exceed what the EPA will say is an acceptable limit for human beings. I'm not gonna go into that deeper. I just encourage you to do a little bit of research in that regard. There's lots of information available regarding that. And in medications, uh, aluminum is in medications as well. In cosmetics, it's in deodorant. Um, so part of the challenge there is you have a large lymph node under your uh, armpit and lots of smaller lymph nodes and those are designed for taking up uh, toxins and getting them out of your bloodstream but they actually begin to plug up and those lymph nodes are actually ones that are commonly removed um, in the case of uh, breast tissue and breast cancer and makeup aluminum can be found in some makeups along with other heavy metals it's also used in water purification. So they'll put alum in there just to disperse solids and improve water clarity. So aluminum toxicity can create a fair number of symptoms. It is a neurotoxin, so it will affect your neurological system in a broad range of potential ways. It can increase fatigue and affect your brain. It is believed to be linked with things like Alzheimer's, ADHD, and autism, and um, also maybe a factor in things like Parkinson's and ALS. Antimony <coughs> is used in fireproofing, textiles, and plastics, in ceramics, pigments, and in bedding in some places. Symptoms of antimony in excess might be fatigue, muscle weakness, myopathy, uh, metallic taste in the mouth, and a rash that kind of looks like chickenpox. It also interferes with cell metabolism. Arsenic. It's found in pesticides, herbicides, and insecticides, which are sprayed heavily on our industrial food. It is also added to poultry and swine food um, to, as a growth stimulant, as well as um, to prevent disease. It then transfers into the flesh of the animals and you are consuming it that way. It is also used to preserve timber, so treated lumber for things like decks and play structures, fences, and picnic tables. Uh, about 70% of the arsenic that is sold into uh, industrial use is for the preservation of timber. And in one 2x6x12 uh, piece of preserved lumber, there is enough arsenic to kill 250 adult humans. Uh, so... Playground exposure is an issue and deck exposure is a potential issue. Symptoms of excess arsenic might be excessive perspiration, muscle tenderness or weakness, and changes in skin pigment, intestinal pain, burning, eyes and throat, diarrhea, dizziness, and sensory loss. It also has been linked with some cardiovascular events. And cadmium. Sources of cadmium might be mining and smelting, pigments and paints, electroplating, uh, batteries, uh, nickel cadmium batteries as an example, plastics and synthetic rubbers, alloys in soldering and brazing. It's also in dental acrylics, dentures, 
and uh, those that make dentures or modify dentures may be exposed to cadmium uh, breathing it in. It has some significant effects on the body, renal function, live, uh, lung health and heart health, uh, bone, peripheral nervous system may affect blood pressure, weight, may be connected with some types of anemia, neuropathy, cough, pneumonitis, and fatigue, and is a known carcinogen. So what do you do here if you suspect that heavy metals may be a component of your, um, of your health challenges? You might look at testing. Urine testing is, as they have found out, and uh, Dr. Shade and Quicksilver Scientific has done a significant amount of research on heavy metals in the body and how to detect them. So some of the physical ways to test would be urine analysis, which they have found is one of the least effective, um, hair and blood analysis. Now let me chat with uh, chat into urine analysis for a second. One of the challenges they've run into with urine analysis is by definition, the urine it's called a urine challenge test. And what they do is they give you a substance which is supposed to then release the heavy metals within a, a number of hours. You're supposed to then test the urine to see how much heavy metal has been excreted from your body. If it's high, then it's considered you have a heavy metal toxicity. If they don't detect much, then they assume you don't have a lot of heavy metal toxicity. There's several challenges in that. One of which is that if your kidneys are extremely dehydrated or inflamed by many number of uh, potential inflammatory uh, challenges, including stress, then if those um, parotid cells of the kidneys are not eliminating fluids, if they will not release those heavy metals, you will not detect those in the urinalysis. So it is considered an inaccurate assessment of heavy metal load. Hair and blood are possible, but in within 24 hours of your exposure to heavy metals, 24 to 48 hours, generally most of that has left your bloodstream and has gone into the tissues. So hair might be a better option, but the recommended is do all three through Quicksilver, which you can actually request that yourself. You do not need a physician to do that. You just have to find a place to draw your blood for the test. Now, I generally do it through bioenergetic analysis where we are checking for the frequency of heavy metals at an energetic level. And uh, I'll be doing uh, an awesome interview with the people who run the lab and you'll understand bioenergetic analysis much better in the future. Or I will do muscle response testing, which is also a great way to determine whether or not heavy metal analysis or heavy metal detoxification is something that would be beneficial for you. I want to give you a couple of other pieces of information that are important to understand. And a lot of research is being done through the Sophia Institute regarding pathogens, which I did a previous podcast on and I will talk on more with pathogens and heavy metals. And what they have determined is that things like parasites in your body will actually absorb heavy metals. They are energized by these metals. It actually helps them to survive because we are all energetic and the pathogens need that energy flow. And so they will take the heavy metals in and use those within their bodies, which is actually beneficial to us as humans 
But if you think about the hair blood urine analysis, unless you are testing the pathogens, you don't know how much of your heavy metal burden might be in those pathogens. If you were to do a pathogen detox and not analyze your heavy metal load through something like frequency or muscle response testing, you may then kill off the pathogens and release the heavy metals into your body, which then you have to deal with heavy metals. Things like mold, fungus, and yeast, and I find those prevalent in my clients, and it was uh, those I dealt with all three of those in myself, is that they actually pair up with the heavy metals as well because they use them energetically also, and it allows them actually an energetic flow so that they can multiply. That is a contributing factor. So again, if you're going after mold, fungus, or yeast, but not looking at heavy metals, you may be missing a piece of the picture. You may also not release all of the heavy metals because they are bound up with the mold, fungus, yeast, and parasites. So a two-part approach is important. And I hear a lot of people going in for heavy metal chelation, which may or may not be effective, in part because one, um, there are different substances that are needed for your body to excrete heavy metals out of the tissues and out of the nervous system. And again, if they're bound with these pathogens, you may not release them through chelation anyhow. So if we do it through bioenergetic analysis or through muscle response testing, we can get a feel for what is the best pathway of approach for you. Um, so that is, oh, I wanted to give you one other piece of this. Um, you know, the, there are important considerations with eliminating heavy metals. You want to encourage the tissues to excrete the heavy metals. Those tissues include the tissues of the pathogens. You want to bind and chelate them. So you bind those heavy metals to something other than your human tissues and remove them through the proper elimination pathways. The two primary pathways are going to be through digestion. So you have to make sure those digestive pathways are opened up and moving well. And you need to eliminate those through the kidneys and bladder. And again, you want to make sure that those pathways are moving well. Otherwise, you may eliminate through the skin, which means skin rashes. Uh, when we use iodine as a cleanser, sometimes a skin rash comes up because the excretion pathways are not open and ready to go. So, or we're excreting them too fast. And so the backup system back up way out of the body is through the elimination pathway of the skin. So what do you do next? I would encourage you to find a traditional naturopath who has education and training in heavy metals and, um, can help you with either appropriately muscle testing or bioenergetic analysis. Um, they need to identify whether or not your pathways of elimination are open. And if they're not, what is the appropriate way to open those pathways of elimination? So if the kidneys are not excreting, how do you open the kidneys in order to properly excrete these metals? There are functional medicine doctors who have taken up heavy metals as a course of study. They can be very beneficial to you as well. Um, a handful of chiropractors understand it as well. You have to be very specific to ask these individuals, do you understand it? Ask them questions. Uh, educate yourself on heavy metals. Um, and yeah, get to know what you've got going on in your body and it will help you to better detoxify 
and eliminate the things you've got going on. So hopefully this is really informative and helpful to you. Again, this is really just a quick overview and an introduction, uh, but that is my purpose here is to give you the starting points of your education on the things that are needed to be awesome, healthy, and vital. All right, guys, have an awesome day. Do what you can do to defy gravity each and every day. Hey, it's Juliana. I'm excited to announce the Autoimmune Freedom and Restoration Program starting soon. January 27th is the first webinar. It's a Facebook Live, so we encourage you to join us on the Defy Gravity Facebook page. If you'd like information sent to your email, contact us at info at dgfpdigital.com and we'll be happy to send you the information. Hope to see you in the Autoimmune Freedom class. Defy Gravity is here for you, for your health, body, mind, and spirit, to bring you knowledge and education to empower you to own your life and be in charge of it. Come on in regularly for the knowledge that you need to support all of your life's objectives. I'm Juliana Sauber, traditional naturopath, and not only a survivor, but I've recovered. And I'm living free of health challenges that kept me down for almost two decades. So I'm here to share with you the things that I did to regain my health and get my life back and bring people to you that will also help you and give you more information and more perspectives and that is the key to creating the life that you want so welcome to defy gravity subscribe come back regularly please invite your friends share this podcast find us on facebook and instagram because we are here to meet your needs